Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Episode 16 of The Story Studio with your hosts, Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to The Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Danny Wilcox, and today I'm joined by... Uh, Luke Condor with a K. And we have special guests. Uh, do you want to introduce oh, yes. us? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very special. Cool. We're yeah. joined by two of the lovely writers and creators from the comic book collective Close to, All, uh, Close to Immortality. We've got John Light and Chris Sides. Uh, so I've just ripped some stuff from your bios. I hope, hope you don't mind. Uh, so John Late is a, a bit of a tall git creator of the Reverend Bourne series, of which issues one and two were successfully crowdfunded. Um, and he's the man behind a small press label, Le- uh, Level 8 Comics. And we've got Chris Sides, a UK-based writer of comics, Dark Matter and Whispering Sands, and the odd bit of flash fiction and screenplay uh, when time allows. Um, odd being the key word, I'm imagining. I don't know, I've never read them. But, uh, yeah, it, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, how's it going? What are you working on? What have you been up to? Oh, Chris, you go first, mate. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah, um, Dark Matter 2, basically. That's all that's, that's, that's all I've been doing recently. Um, in terms of writing, it's all kind of gone down the pan for the last month because it's all been post-production on, on that book. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's come together. It launched at MCM Birmingham this last weekend. And I think it's, it, it seems to be sort of going, going quite well so far. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's good. Whereabouts are you in the process then? Are you editing the, the final PDFs or something? Or no, no, it's out. It's, it's, it's out. out in the, it's out in the world. Yeah, we had it. We got it. Uh, print copies came through last week from, uh, Comics Printing UK. Um, and, uh, yeah, we launched it at MCM Birmingham over the weekend. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a good feeling that it's out in the world and it's uh, you know doing its thing. Nice. That's got to be cool just to go out and share it with people straight away. I mean, was that out long before you took it to Birmingham, or was that like the day? That was the day. Yeah, literally, I received the print copies on I think it was Wednesday. Um, they came through, and I sort of you know you sort of just opening the boxes and open them up and have a look at them and you have a little cry and you think, oh, <laughs> and then and then it's uh, then it goes out to the world. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. We had we had um I sent out, we had the PDFs ready for about. 
I think it was about three weeks ago. Um, we sent him out for review and getting them all out there, and um, and okay, so, again, so far it sort of it, it seems to be sort of going down quite well. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about you, John? What have you been up to? Um, a few bits and bobs, really. Um, I've, uh, you might have seen on online. I'm, I've started doing a, an all ages book. Um, it's something that I've never done before. It's something um, that you don't see that often on on the small press scene. It always seems to be sort of mature readers only. Yeah. Um, and I've got a couple of kids myself, so um, I, I was like, yeah, I've got to do something for them as well. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. But I'm also writing the um, Marcosia book that I've got going as well. That's that's the uh, titled Away. That's going all right. We're probably around about halfway through now. That's doing that with uh, Grant Richards. Got to remember everyone else. Like Grant Richards is doing the pencils and inks. Um, Darren Stevens is doing the colours, and he's he's got a lot of work on at the minute. I don't know whether you know Darren, but um, he's a brilliant artist in his own right. But he's just doing the colours for a way. Uh, and we've got Rob Jones from Maddie's Comics doing the letters. Okay. So I've got that on the go. Doing Brethren Born three as well. I've got about two three pages left of that to write. Um, I finished the Comic House anthology. That's all written, and Dan's uh, Dan Butch is doing the fourth. Uh, the the illustrations for the fourth uh, issue of that, so it's going alright. It's going alright. It's, it's pretty good. The last time uh, we spoke, John was uh, about a year ago, I think. And I think was you, yeah, almost a year. Just, yeah. um, I think you just launched Brevin uh, Born Two, the Kickstarter. It was around the time you were doing. Well, this time last year, it would have I'll have just officially released Brevin Born One because it was I, I launched it up October at Nottingham Comic Con. Yeah. And then we went, the second convention we went to was Birmingham MCM. So that's pretty much a year to the uh, actual day, actually, because we've, we've just got back from Birmingham MCM last weekend. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. It's crazy to see, like, how, like, how much more you've got going on now. Like, I know you had a lot going on back then, but it just seems to be you've got lots of and, fingers and lots of pies at the minute. Yeah, it's it's pretty bonkers, really, because I, I genuinely only thought I'd ever do the one comic. Um, oh, even, last, last time you said, I'm not, I'm not Billy Big. Billy Big Bollocks. Are you are you saying that now you are in fact Billy oh, Big yeah. Bollocks? Oh yes. Total gobshite, Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying that. I'm saying that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's 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 just really nice, you know. Um, just being asked to do things for other people, which which is which is totally mind blowing. Totally blew my socks off, and couldn't believe that really. Um, but yeah, just loving it. Just trying to do as much as I can. Because you never know how long it's going to last. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think it, thinking positively. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What about you, Daniel? What have you been up to? I'm guessing. Uh, I'm going to guess you've ed- been editing our novel. <laughs> Still. I have been. So edits, edits, edits. I'm about, I'd say probably about three quarters of the way through now. Draft two. Um, going smoothly, no complaints. Just uh, tweaking bits here and there to make the story fit a bit more snugly. Um, kind of putting... Uh, a deadline on myself to get it done by next week at least that draft but it, it might be a bit tight because we've also um we also announced the winner of our competition for who won the other stories theme out of monsters and superheroes um so this week been writing my superhero story for the next issue issue next theme after contagion for the other stories podcast um which I kind of half regret up in the word count on that because we went from doing a thousand word stories to 2000 word stories, which didn't seem that much at the time. But when you know in the middle of writing a novel as well, it's kind of, it takes up yeah. a big chunk of the time you want to put in into other things. But yeah. yeah, I am. Um, so I've been editing the other novel as well, but I've also been doing something more comic related. Um, so I just found out that um, 2000 AD are accepting submissions again for future shocks. Uh, have you guys, 
John and Chris, have you submitted anything to Future Shocks before? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> about uh, six times, I think. Okay. <laughs> In the long, yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't. And I, I really, really want to get... Because I know they've got submissions on until like, next February or something. I want to... Do they accept more than one from one guy? Or do you have to change your name when you send the next one in? <laughs> change your name. <laughs> yeah. I've only I've only sent one in. Um and it's the it's the story I'm doing for Comic House. It was uh, yeah. it was it was only it was only a four page um four page story. And uh, when I was contacted by Pete and James McCulloch, they said, you know, what have you got available? I said, Well I've I've written a four page story if if that interests you. And they said, Well, we don't really want four pages, we want you to do four issues of six pages each in each issue. I was like, oh Christ. Um yeah, sure. So basically, I've just expanded that four-page story into a twenty-four-page story now. Um, so it was it was nice to get for it to get picked up. Um, but yeah, I got. They say you don't normally get hear back from them for about two or three months, but I heard back within about two weeks. So it must have been really shit. <laughs> um, it depends. It depends on when you send it off. I think it, it's like certain times of the year, whatever it is. But I sent one off, and it had. I think it was. I think it took nine months to get back, and then what? The, literally, as soon I had one ready to go, as soon as it got back, and then I sent the other one off, and it was a week. Uh, so they must have like certain times oh, okay. when I'm looking at it or whatever it is. I don't know, like depleted slush pile or whatever. I don't know, but I'm sure they're pretty busy. Anyway. Like, is it Matt, the main editor? Matt, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure. Well, Fog. I'm sure they get pretty busy, <laughs> and they just have like stacks and stacks of these things that they just get yeah. through when they get around to it. But I think I'm going to send at least four over this next few months just because. And I'm going to put different names on them, I think. I don't know what I'm going to put on, but I just want to get as many in as possible. Uh, but that's been quite fun, quite interesting to do something as well as doing this novel editing, which can get a bit, uh, not tiring, dry. a bit dry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Are, they, are they all four pages each, are they? Yeah, four pages. I find it really difficult to write a script in four pages. It, that's quite a tight tough. frame, isn't it? It's super tight. It's hard work, isn't it? <laughs> it is hard, yeah, yeah. I know you've done a lot of short stories, Chris, like more like five is it five pages you've been doing generally in, in a, or any more than that? Yeah, sort of averaging sort of five to ten pages, really. Uh, the one that we've got in Dark Matter 2 is 14 pages, um, but that's kind of the longest one in the book. But most of them average about sort of five, six, seven pages, yeah. It seems like you've got, you've got like four pages. So you've got a page to quickly introduce the concept, a page to get the story going, and then either succeed or fail, and then, then a twist, because they need to have like a, a twist ending, these, these stories. So yeah. it's, it's quite a challenge, but it, it's, it's fun. There's yeah, an amazing. Sorry, go, go on, mate. Go on, you go. You go. There's an amazing article somewhere online. I, I don't know where it is, but it's um, Andy Diggle talking about the the when, obviously when he was an editor at, at 2018, and he talks about sort of how to do it basically, and he says um, setting up the twist on page one effectively, or almost not not giving it away, but kind of hinting at it um, so that it kind of builds to that to that sort of mat, that obviously that final climactic twist on page four, and it's um, yeah. it's quite it's good advice. I have to find it and dig it out. It's 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 it's, it's, it's good. Cool, yeah. I'll definitely, I'll try and find that as well and put it in the show notes so people can see. Uh, but um, yeah, let's crack on. So um, we should go on to our big whoops for the week. Um, uh, what a big whoop. Does anybody want to go first? Dan, do you want to go first or anyone? Uh, it's up to you guys. Do you guys have anything you want to shoot or do you want us to lead the way? Lead the way, go for it. <clears throat> okay, um, so my big whoop this week is finally Jessica Jones because I finally finished um, the first season of that, that, ages, which... that was ages ago, surely. I know, but I've, I've been kind of hinting uh, the last few weeks. It's been on my list, and I've been kind of grinding my way through the episodes. Not because they're kind of um, horrible to watch or anything. It's just a ma- it's just a matter of time, isn't it? But um, mm. and then uh, 
Black Mirror managed to squeeze its way in between episodes. So I'm yeah, so I'm desperate finally... to see that. I'm so desperate to see that. Oh, it's so good. I've only got one more left to watch on Black Mirror, but the others have just been outstanding. Um, cool. And I hear the last one's the best one, but okay. who knows? Um, but yeah, Jessica Jones is uh, just fantastic, just writing. It was one of those that I wasn't sure about um, whether or not I would enjoy it because it doesn't have all the sort of conventional smack in the face elements that superhero stuff normally has but um the story is fantastic in it david tennant blows everything out of the water and i felt that the the whole arc of the first season it was enough it wasn't sort of over the top to the point where you know nothing could follow it in season two or with other stuff it was sort of just the right amount of what you needed to have it feel like it went in full circle and it ended in a way that was wholesome for for the audience so yeah, that's that's mine. I finally managed to finish something that came out about a year ago. So I, I like Jessica Jones. I think it could have been two episodes shorter. I mean, there's there's a little bit of filler in there that they probably could have got rid of. But, yeah, um, there's a couple of almost like false endings, and you just kind of go, ah, come yeah, on. Yeah. But yeah, and also I thought, that, I, thought, well, I thought that was a little bit like Luke Cage as well. That was probably about two two episodes too long. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, eight episodes seems to be about the right length for a season. Like um, Stranger Things was eight episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just seem to be so tight and so perfect. Um, but, yeah, it's good. But 13 seems to be the convention, or did at least, I guess, when, when those sort of shows started coming out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 obviously, the production company must say, right, you know, what do you want us to do? And they say 13, and they just say, right, we've got to fill it with, you know, some flashback episodes and a couple mm. of yeah. know, relationship builder episodes. And you just think, no, come on, it's just, yeah, we, we, we like a character-driven story, but, we, you know, it's a superhero story. We do want to see a little bit of action Keep the um, rolling, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because they re- they seem to really want to um, emphasise their weaknesses as well as their strengths, don't they? And they, they, you know, a lot of superhero books really concentrate on the strengths rather than the weaknesses, and it tends to be something further on down in a in an issue run. But they've got to cram it in, haven't they? They've got to cram it into and, and go. That's to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I thought they did a, a decent job. It's interesting they stopped doing uh, TV series that are about sort of 22, 24 episodes long now. Have you noticed that? They kind of, everyone's going down to the sort of the, the Stranger Things 8-episode eight, eight format, 13-episode max, really. Yeah. Um, so 22 episodes seems to have kind of died a death. Is that, seems is that when it went more video on demand, you think, when people realised, when, when you can watch them all like, in one go, 22 episodes is far too, it's far too much fluff in that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you, you've just got to look at the, you know, the, the big uproar about the, the viewing figures of Walking Dead's last episode. I think it's the worst, worst figures they've had since season three or something. It's, it's still right? special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone. Right. It's got gone, gone, went down to six million or something in the US, which um, is which, <laughs> which, which is tiny. But they were saying that yeah, it, it was huge figures for the first episode. And are we allowed to do spoilers on, on here or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. From from last night's episode or not? Oh, not not last night, this week's episode, or not? Because I'm. Uh, oh no 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 no! From the very first That's episode. Oh season. sorry, right right right. Okay. Yeah yeah. So obviously we had the, t- the the double killing that had a huge huge viewing figures, but they've had a massive drop off, and now they you know they you know they're even saying should we end it? Should we end it early? You're like really? Was it episode four or five into one season? It's just I think people's interests just get taken away by something else totally. Yeah. So much of that I think was audience expectation because I've read so many articles on the fact that that first episode should have been the final episode to the previous season yes. because their, their argument was basically saying in, was it season two where Sophie comes out of the barn? Yeah. Yeah. In that reveal. They were the saying, end, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were saying that entire season, you're looking for the girl, you're looking for that moment, that horrible moment. So if they had stopped it 
an episode early before they found Sophie and then started the following season with Sophie, that would have had the same impact where you have your big expectation and people suddenly go, right, the rest of it blows because it is your starting point where you build up again and no one wants yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally agree, yeah. So the, the comic book, I, I don't watch the TV show, I read, read the comic book, but that's that's meant to be just ongoing forever, right? Um, they're not doing oh, that with on? the TV one, show. 160, 161, are they? Are we on now? Uh, something like, yes, around he's got an ending apparently hasn't he Does he it? said that he, he knows how it's going to end but he doesn't want it to end for a long long time but um but yeah i'm yeah i, I know he's ending invincible at some point soon mm, yeah yeah that's pretty soon yeah. yeah um cool yeah so i mean i guess my big work is i've been falling back in love with clive parker's writing um i've been reading i don't know if you guys are into clive parker but um his books of blood which is he, he's, he was a prose fiction writer first and he used to write his short stories and so it's like a collection of them. Um, I think Clive Barker's got like a, a bit of a, 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 a like a, a bad stink to him because like, his films always have that sort of cheesy element to them. So I grew up watching like Hellraiser and... and I uh, loved Hellraiser. Yeah, so I did too. I always liked it. And uh, um, and like Midnight Meat Train, when, Midnight Meat Train, when that came out, it had all the 3D stuff stuck to it as well. But it's, it's a really great film. Like it's it's absolutely horrific in the, in the best way, um, <laughs> but I, I I love Clive Barker's writing. His prose writing is some of the best. Like it's so rich. I don't think anyone writes body horror, physical body horror like Clive Barker. Uh, so mm. I've just been reading this book. I've been loving it. Um, it's the most gruesome. Like you can't go to bed after you've read read one of these stories. But they're so gruesome, <laughs> so disgusting. Um, and I don't think it translates into visual format as well as it does it in, in your mind if that makes sense yeah i think it because it like you say it does go to those extremes it's i think you know most of these films it, it's just so almost surreal extreme yeah you know the vast majority of people just don't get it they don't get but when you describe it and when you can really break it down and and you you know whether you're closing your eyes or or you're sort of like really imagining it it's just 10 times better in your head isn't it yeah yeah there's a there's a story called jacqueline s and it's about this woman who uh, has like sort of basically, basically like an X Men, she's like a mutant. She has like uh, the ability to manipulate people's flesh. And he's describing this bit where um, basically she just gets really pissed off at her husband, and she she starts to like fold him in on in on in on himself. And the way he describes it is is I can't imagine that being done on a film. But like no. like in my mind, the film in my mind was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit weird, actually, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have, you ever read, have you ever read American Psycho? The the, the and, and it's completely different to the um to to the film. The film is obviously that it's kind of the film is almost like a PG thirteen sort of uh, American Psycho. The book is just unbelievable. The stuff that he describes in that. So I've not read any Clive Barker, but when you're talking about like someone describing body horror, that I mean, yeah. Brett Easton Ellis, just the, the the stuff. I had to I had to I had to stop about three quarters of the way through. I just couldn't cope with it. I'm, I'm pretty desensitized to most things, but that is just unreal. <laughs> On top of that, as well, have you uh, ever heard of the, the, the a famous short story called Guts by Chuck Palahniuk? Um, I read it in work, and I had to put it down because I was about to faint. And like it's, it's a famous story. It's a famous story because of how many people have fainted when they've read it. And he, uh, he was, I know he, what I'm reading later. It was it's really good. It's really gross. But um, the, he was talking about like a blog post by Chuck, and he was talking about how he was doing a reading in Spain. No one there spoke any or spoke any English, and he had like a translator who added a really 
um, like theatrical element to it. He's like really going for this like really gruesome stuff. And he said um, the people in the audience started to drop by flies one by one, just going like just fainting one by one. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend reading that. But I mean, sit down. <laughs> well, is it is it a short is it a short story is it a novel yeah. or what is it it's just a short story it should be online it's just called guts or guts i think i'm just Park. googling it now that's a quick look correct oh there it is but, right. i mean i might look at that later that, that's that's the power of prose i think the prose is a, is a good way of getting into your mind and and uh disturbing you oh god yeah yeah absolutely brilliant yeah. uh, but that for later on yeah, jump to jump to tell my bigger whoop of the week. Yeah, man, go for it. Okay, um, I've only only picked it up today actually. Um, there's a local store to me in Worcester called Hide and Geek. Um, I've done a couple of little mini signings there over the last twelve months. I've got another one coming up in December. Try and take advantage of the uh, the Christmas rush. But he's got a nice little comic shop there, and I picked this up today. It's by IDW, first issue, and it's called Yakuza Demon Killers. Nice, sold, um, <laughs> sold. <laughs> Uh, um, some really nice uh, artwork on the cover as well. It's written by, and I'm probably going to announce his, uh, say his name wrong, by Amit Chawet Chahan, C-H-A-U-H-A-N. He's the writer, and the uh, artist is Eli Powell. Um, really nice story, some really nice art as well. And it just, it, pretty much from the off, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Yakuza's <laughs> are killing demons. Um, and there's a couple of... Uh, of it's obviously going to be like the protagonists who, who get involved with the, the Yakuza. Um, and they are after this. It looks like a possessed samurai sword, but really nice art. Um, nice writing as well. There's a few swears in it, so obviously it's not one for the kids. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. It'd be worth picking up if you can get it. Cool. Is that Fantastic. is that like new out? or is that? Uh... I think it's probably about a week, maybe two weeks old. I remember seeing it online a couple of weeks back, but I was there today and I thought, right, I'll pick it up. And on the... Cool. Fourth page, it's of a young girl, young woman puking on a man's shoes. <laughs> nice. And then she pukes on a car, which is good. <laughs> oh, I really like that artwork. I've just Googled it. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Eli Powell. Um, I follow him on um, on uh, Twitter as well. He's got some, um, he does some really nice stuff. Isn't he the top cow talent hunt winner from 2000 something or other? He Fifth could be, mate. I think he, he, I think he, yeah, it rings a bell, the name. Was that the one you you went for? Did you go in that one? Yeah, I think so. I think it might have been last year's one, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, really nice. Yeah. That's mine. Cool. cool. Um, yeah, I went to see uh, my big whoop for the week is I went to see, well, it was actually last week, but I went to see Arrival uh, at the cinema and it blew my mind. It was, I mean, immediately I came home and said, it went straight into my top 10 of all time. And I think oh, really? some people might, yeah, some people might think that's a little bit sort of um, over ambitious for the film. Perhaps I don't know. It's quite a slow burn, but the the way it's done, um, I love the, I love the director anyway, Dennis Villeneuve. And I wanted to go and see it because he did um, prison. It was, it, he's done three uh, French Canadian language films. And then his four American uh, films were uh, prisoners uh, enemy, which was un- again, unbelievable. Uh, and Sicario, which was again amazing, but um, yeah, Arrival. He just he just takes it to the next level. It's it's an incredible piece of work. Um, just everything about it is, is again, it's a slow burn, but it's the it's the build up, it's the story, it's what is the reveal towards the end and what they do with that. Um, it's yeah, I, I I can't recommend it enough. It's just incredible. I've heard it's it's not like Independence Day. It's uh... <laughs> yeah, thank God. Um, no, it, I think if you're looking for something like Independence Day, obviously yeah, go and watch Independence Day. But but it's not it's not your typical alien invasion film. Um, it, it's what 
it's 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 very thoughtful it's very sort of thought provoking but it's also um it's it's kind of re it's that sort of realistic element with a sort of a fantastical spin um to the realism as as it were um yeah i I go and watch it well, I've only, I think I've only seen Sicario out of those. Is, that, is Enemy the um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do want to um, watch that. Um, so the, end, the ending, not, I'm not giving anything, away, again, giving anything away by saying this, but the ending to that is the biggest, like, what the fuck moment. <laughs> it's proper, yeah, like, what was that all about? But you've got to really, yeah, it, again, it, the guy's work is, it, everything that he's done so far is superb, so he's it's, it's one to keep, a, keep an eye on. It's rare you get those kind of moments anymore. Say again? It's rare you get those moments anymore. I was saying, um, like Black Mirror's got a few of those yeah. twist moments at the end where you just kind of go, like it blows your mind. But yeah. just yeah, be be good in arrival. I'd love to see it. We've been gushing yeah. over Black Mirror a lot recently, but it's this, yeah. this new this new season. It's just worth it. The, the, like really? the, the playtest episode, it's about like uh, augmented reality, is so. It's episode two, and you can kind of watch it off its own back, if just in case you yeah. know you don't know. But it's not like a continuous story; just you can just plunge into episode two and have your mind blown. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Series one and series one and two of that were, were, were absolutely amazing. Everything Brooker does is is amazing. Full stop. A dead set and everything else, but um, yeah, dead set yeah. is great. Yeah, I don't know many people yeah. who watch dead set, but I absolutely loved it. Oh, amazing! Just to see Davina McCall as a zombie was was just worth the price of admission <laughs> alone. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. I've, I've never seen any of those series. John, you are, you will love them, mate. Yeah, that it's it's like uh, Twilight Zone for the modern modern day fears. Are they are they all like one shots then? Or all one shots, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was like a, a like a series now. All right. I did as well. Yeah, but can you wait? Wait, can you get can you get more on Netflix? Yeah, or, they're, they're, they're all on Netflix now. Uh, well, the new season's like Netflix exclusive. Um, it's okay. like produced by them. But um, yeah. the new season is a bit more global. Like the, the first two seasons are very English. Um, mm. this, this new season seems to go around the world a bit more. But they got some big names in there, haven't they? In, in yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, got, yeah, it's yeah. got like bigger producers, bigger budget, um, it's bigger everything. Uh, but it, it's still got that, you know. Charlie Brooker's sort of sense of humour. Or... I was going to say it doesn't suffer from that. It doesn't suffer from that kind of the bigger budget. Sort I, of I was really worried about that, but he wrote. I was looking at all the credits. He it looks like he was behind all of the stories still. So um, yeah, he's still got his his sensibilities, which yeah, spot on. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love I love watching the weekly wipe when it, when he does that, especially yeah, yeah. The, uh, the the yearly wipe. And that's something I always make sure it's on Sky Plus and yeah. so funny. What yeah. I think the, the moment I realised I was probably in love with Charlie Brooker was when he called uh, Ed Miliband <laughs> an enchanted plimsoll, and I was like, that's <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> genius he's a genius yeah. I think. <laughs> awesome so, so I just thought like today I thought it'd be a good chance to talk about I don't know about I don't know if you guys can feel this but it feels like there's something happening in a UK indie comic book scene it seems like there's a lot of like really good talent there's a lot of really cool like little bands I guess you'd call them um, a lot of great books and like I think John I think you put like a hashtag it's about like new wave of uh, British indie comics or something like that yeah, yeah, that's um, that's the new wave comics UK. Yeah, hashtag. It, it feels like something's happening here. I don't know about you guys. How do you feel about it? Um, well, you go first, Chris, because you've you've been in the world this this community a lot longer than I have. So you you go first. You see how you see how it's changed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a a bigger um, 
like a bigger push now toward yeah towards the sort of small press and there are people coming up to us at conventions and saying look you know i'm i'm sort of i'm you ask them what they like and they say marvel dc but i'm kind of moving away from that i'm kind of looking at the small press and independent scene and the independent stuff um and I, I, you, know, you might ask the question why, and they sort of say, "Well, there's there's more going on." You know, arguably, and I've got to be careful what I say here, but arguably, perhaps Marvel and DC, they, while they do sort of change things up quite a lot, perhaps that change isn't as much as what um, as what people want. I don't know. I don't know. It's difficult, but but there, there, there seems to be such a massive push again towards this sort of independent storytelling and and things that are different. I guess you know, original. Yeah. I mean, so it was in the 80s, wasn't it? Just to bring it back to 2000 AD, when all of our British creators were doing that sort of original, punky sort of whatever the hell they wanted storytelling that was suddenly taken over yeah. to, to America. I kind of feel like, I mean, this is just my theory, but it feels like that's happening within the UK indie scene in general. Like, people are just doing whatever they want. They're creating like, such diverse, but like really accomplished comics, in my eyes anyway. Like, I look at like mm. what, what Tom, and, Tom Ward and Chris are doing and uh, yeah. what you guys are doing, um, uh, Dead Canary as well. It just seems like the last uh, last driver comic they've just brought out. It just seems like it's very exciting anyway. To I mean, we're we're only literally just dipping our toes in, but I'm kind of glad, I'm happy to do it at the minute. It just seems like a good time to to do it anyway. Yeah, I think you know we we well, it's rolling the wave of really popular comic movies, and everyone's getting into it. And you know, you you go to MCM whether it's Birmingham or London, it's just absolutely rampacked of people. Not all, obviously not there necessarily, necessarily looking at the comics, but they will pass through. And like Chris said, you do get people come up to you and say, I've had enough of the big two. The writing's not as good as it used to be. Um, what what can you show me? And once you do show them, they're like, okay. Hmm. Well, okay, I didn't think it would look like this. They they still think it's going to be that little bit of A4 paper folded in three and yeah. and you've got like a little eight or 12 page story that's drawn in pencil where they you know, they don't realise how yeah. high, how higher production and it, it, the quality of the production of the comics is. It's um And it's really nice to see that reaction on their faces. Yeah. I wonder if there's quite, um if there's maybe a few elements at play because I mean in the last couple of years you've got sort of, you know, the rise of the Comic Con where so many mm. more people are able to display their work to the masses quicker. Um, yeah. You've got the rise of the superhero film, which obviously, as awesome as some of them are, it kind of saturates the market a bit. So it might be, and I'm only speaking for myself who, you know, I read comics, but I'm not I'm not as big as Luke. I'm not as kind of into them as you guys. I'm more of a prose reader. Um, but every time I go to a Comic-Con, I find myself just walking past the Marvel, past the DC and looking at the independents because it's more interesting. It's more diverse. It's stuff that hasn't been explored and, Frankly, it's at the point where independent artists and writers are quality. They're just at that point yeah. where you know, you know you're going to get good product. Yeah, I think John says as well that it, it, it that, that with the production values and stuff, it's, it's as much as okay. The, the printing is is quite expensive, but the printing you get with the money you 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 put towards it, you know, you can obviously fund that with a Kickstarter or with you know going to the conventions with with different books and stuff. But um, the the production is higher, but it's cheaper to do. Um, and I think that's that's a major thing. And obviously, you've got the internet where you can you know, you can put on a web comic or you can you can upload a PDF and 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 you're away. You know, you don't necessarily even have to print. You can just produce a, a high quality comic uh, with some amazing artists and some amazing writing. Send it, you know, submit it to Comicsology. If that's accepted, you know, you, you've you've got a platform already. You know, uh, drive through comics, Comicsology, um, and, and and plenty of other websites that host kind of um, uh, online digital comics. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what was interesting. We we spoke to a few guys who got invited to the um, 
Diamond event just before London MCM. Mm. And they were saying um, Marvel were there presenting and they did a really poor show. And everyone was really excited with what DC was saying and what they were doing. Us, they, they deliver. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Presentation, say what's coming up this year and all that sort of thing. But they were making a real big thing about taking on more um, uh, independent creators to work with their licenses. So I don't know how, how it's going to work, but I think that what they probably do is say, right, here's a character. They're obviously not going to give them any of the big two, three or four or five. Some sort of fairly smaller characters say, right, there you go. You go and write. We're not going to tell you what to do with it. You go away and write something special. And I think they've, they've realized, especially DC, they've realized that's that's where the next lot of up-and-coming people are coming from. Yeah. Is, is it, uh, what, so would DC get like a royalty rate or something? I would have thought so. Whether you have to sort of like hire the license off them or for that character, they would still own the character, but you would own the story and and, and push it forward. So whether they give you a four-issue run or a two-issue run or what, whatever the, the, the contract would be, that that does sound like something that really they're really trying to push. You know, look at the, the, the DC workshops that they're doing and yeah. – um, Ryan K. Lindsay got got one of the places, you know, and he hasn't really done anything that big. You know, he's got done the Dear Editor books and a, a couple of others, but you know, his quality of writing and his standard of writing has been recognised, and he's he's got this option to you know working with Scott Snyder and people like that. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's jump back a bit. Uh, so, uh, John, I know, I know you got your start with um, uh, Brethren Bourne. Chris, when, so you, you started writing like seven years ago, is that right? What was your first? Uh, footsteps into the comic book world in the indie comic book world. Um, I start, yeah, I was basically Dark Matter was the first book we put out, and that was 2014. But I started writing properly about sort of 2009. Um, I don't know what it was. I think it was, it was just this kind of. I had a bunch of ideas anyway, um, and I'd always read comics. I was always into hugely into films and, and sort of interested in the process of making films, particularly writing films and scripts and all that kind of stuff. And um, and. Yeah, I just had this idea for, for a book, um, and I thought I just I'm just going to go for it. I just what, what's stopping me? Why not? 
and um, and it went from there, and it just sort of progressed from kind of something at, it was a big kind of like nine issue epic that was going to sort of blow everyone away. And then when I kind of read it through uh, and gave it to other people to read, and they all said it, this is shit. Um, I kind of then went right. Actually, I'll start small and and write some some smaller shorter stories. Um, and then from there, it just kind of owning the craft and reading up on it and researching and reading other people's scripts hours and hours and hours spent kind of doing all that stuff to then get to a point where I could actually write a short story which I submitted and it got rejected and I submit to 2000 AD it got rejected it got rejected by a whole bunch of different people but then I started writing more and more and more and it kind of snowballed from there really just and then when once you once uh I think it was Hello Scream uh, in 2011. I pitched Passenger to them, uh, that was part of Dark Matter, it was the first Dark Matter book, um, and it got accepted. Chris Travell did the artwork for that, um, and that was it. It's, you know, once you got that sort of published thing, I kind of felt, yeah, this is this is great. I kind of, I feel like I'm going in the right direction. And then, again, like I say, it's got a snowboard from that first publication in 2011. Right. Yeah. Uh, just just a quick one, actually. Do you so you write prose? Have you um you know ever thought about writing like a self-publishing a novel or or anything like that? Or is are you f- fully focused on the comic books at the moment? Fully focused on the comics, yeah. Um, I've tried. I wrote a bit of flash fiction uh, that got accepted into a. It was called Zombies in Japan. Uh, <laughs> but it was Dreamscape Press. It was really random. Um, and I, I submitted to them and said, yeah, yeah, sent me the contract and everything else. It never got published. And then there was no book that ever came out. So it was kind of like, it just sort of, um, it, it, it kind of died to death really. Um, but I adapted that into a, in a into a comic sc- uh, script and it's now being drawn up for an, uh, an issue of the grime, uh, oh, nice. yeah. the grime. So it's kind of that, that was, you know, that's fine. But yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to write prose. I'd love to, I'd love to self-publish a novel. I'd love to give it a shot. Um, cause it's a very different beast, I think, to, to writing, to writing comics. What about you guys? You thought about writing prose? Well, the, the, um, the away book that I'm writing at the moment, that was, that was initially going to be a novel. I wrote about six or seven chapters of that. I don't know how many tens of thousands of words it was. I think I've got to nearly about eighteen or 19,000 words of it. And, but that's when my little girl, my first little girl turned up and, you know, it was pretty much wipe out time-wise. Mm-hmm. And, and then I've, I've sort of like adapted it. It's not, it's not the same, as, but there's a lot of themes going through. A couple of the little short stories within the book, because it was sort of very episodic, episodic and very um, switching almost between different worlds and things like that. So, yeah, I've adapted away to that. Uh, but really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. The first few, the first few drafts are utter, utter shite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like the idea that you can just recycle stories from from anything. Yeah. Really, if you've got yeah. shreds of bits and throw yeah. them in, it's change medium, and you've got yeah. yourself a comic, throw them in, extend them, and you've got a novel. It's yeah. There's definitely some advantages of being a writer and an artist because once you, once it's, the artwork's down, the artwork's down, isn't it? You can't really adapt it to anything else. Where with the, <laughs> with with the writing, the themes, you can just change it. You know, whether it's change the names to protect the innocent and all that sort of stuff but um but yeah yeah it, that that's the only sort of time i've had a, had a real try on it jay's done a lot of it hasn't he james jay's written um a couple of novels but the start his his prose work is 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 superb you know he's he's really good at he's really good at the the prose side of things he's he's sort of quite lucky on that front that he can he can juggle the both and he can do the right he can do the script stuff but he's very very good at um the descriptive stuff within the within the within the prose uh, so I mean, just to throw another medium in there, uh, any filmmaking going on around here with C two I or anything? I've, re- I've written a script for a thing. Um, yeah, that uh, I might <laughs> for, a, for, for a, a thing, thing. <laughs> for a thing. Um, yeah, I, 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 
it's, it all sounds very glamorous, but I don't know what I'm allowed to say about it. But it's 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 um it, it's, <laughs> it's 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 an a, a, adaptation of a book that's in production at the moment. Um, and I was asked to pitch to write a pitch for a TV series and then write a um, a, a screenplay for it. Again, whether anything's going to come of it, I don't know. It's just it was it's just on the off chance that maybe. And that was a lot. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I've, I've got plans to do more. Um, starting hopefully maybe september october next year but it's it's it's, it's not it's, it's again it's a very different beast to writing comics because mm. obviously when you're when you're writing comics you're thinking you're thinking obviously f- visually flowing and everything else but it's, it's i think garth garth Ennis said it's a bit like writing it's like watching a film through a strobe light writing comics it's kind of <laughs> if you which which kind of makes a lot of sense but again when it was really nice to to to, to, to almost change what you were doing to kind of keep that flow and you have to you have to allow, you have to allow that sort of flow while you're writing to sort of this continuous action and continuous motion of, of, of things that are happening um I, yeah i say I, I absolutely loved it and I'd, I'd, I'd love to do more was there much in the challenge of translating from if you're used to writing sort of comic panels into going into um like the script form because i guess it's almost like you still got your scenes but it's a bit more extended it's a bit more like you say less stroby more flowy Hugely, I had to, uh, I had to really beat it out of myself to stop putting like panel one or page one, panel one or whatever it was. You know, you you got to again, it's like that sort of flowy. And I, the, the amount, the number of books I read on sort of um, on 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 screenwriting and trying to sort of cherry pick bits from that um, to kind of to kind of find the the, the structure was kind of there because I'd read a lot of those books before I started writing comics, but or while I was and and while writing comics, but I think the the structure. Um, is 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 there but it's very different and you've got to looking i, I, re, I read a, a stack of scripts as well uh the breaking bad episode one script was is just my bible because it's like the, I've the read that, yeah. oh it's just phenomenal it's and the, stru- the structure of that as well the way he structures everything the way he puts it all together is 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 brilliant so it was a real you know trying to find like um sort of like act one act two act three but act four but trying to find the kind of right page count for which ones but then you read other things that say no don't stick to that because if you stick to that then you're kind of limiting yourself <laughs> to what you can do so i don't know i it's it's yeah it's it's it, again it's a different beast but there are similarities though there are definite similarities and again sort of that that kind of the dialogue and the the the, the um uh the, the breakdown of the scenes and everything else and what you want to tell per scene is is very very similar i think it's it's pretty cool that we live in a world where you can just solve just writing any sort of medium you want nowadays. I mean, like you can do comic books one week, bit of prose the next. Um, I think I'm dabbling between prose and comics at the minute. I can't be asked for films at the minute. It, it's too much effort. Um, sure. Just because well, he has, Luke, he hasn't told me any of this. I feel like he's cheating on me or something. Still <laughs> mistress side project. Yeah, what's all this about, Chris? Come on, mate. I think I have. I think I have mentioned it to you. Oh, sure what, you I shut, I think... oh yeah, I just shut down. I don't know when normally when you talk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's usually Saturday night at a con and we've had too much to drink. And like, oh, whatever size you shut <laughs> I've written a film. <laughs> um, so, I mean, close to all immortality then. Keeps saying that wrong. Um, whose idea was this originally? Because I remember John telling me, uh, I think you guys... John, did you wrangle yourself in as as per the bio, or was it the other way yeah, around? We, yeah, yeah, we 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 met up um, last year at Birmingham Ice. Um, there was a few of us who had uh, got uh, tables there last year. I, I didn't have a table there last year. I was doing an article for down in the tubes, um, John Freeman's side. 
and uh, I'd, I went around, I was talking to various tables and then um, a few of us got together and we, we had a good chat and then we started talking online and then last, oh, sorry, January just gone, we all got together, went for a, a night out in the piss basically in, in Bristol because we, we've met each other briefly at these cons but you, we haven't been out for a drink and I'm very much one of these people who doesn't really know someone until I've had a drink with them, yeah. if you know what I mean, you, you know, you, you break down the barriers and you really get to know what someone's about and what sort of things I like and we all got on really well. Um, and we said, yeah, let's go for it. So I think, was that, what was our first con? February? February, yes. London Super Comic Con in February, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the first I was, I was there when I remember oh, you launched sure, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course she was. Um, and it's sort of like, like really, really gone on from there, really. We got the, the nice website looking nice. Now that took a little while. There's a few issues with that. I was going to say, um, yeah, the website looks pretty lovely. It's uh, yeah, 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 very smooth. Thank you. Cool. That's, yeah. that's, that's all down to Chris, really. We, we, um, we got the, the web name. Uh, the actual domain name, and then Chris went to town on it. Really, he's he's sort of like our uh, our main computer guy who's who's been doing the biz. Yeah. You wouldn't bloody think so, I tell you. So I just, I really struggle with some of this stuff. It's like oh god, but yeah, yeah. It was good. It was quite fun. It's quite. It's almost quite therapeutic making these sites. It's quite. It's quite. It's quite good. I don't mind it. So just looking at the um, the logo now, it's very like the logo looks fantastic. It looks quite Mortal Kombat inspired. Am I right in saying? That? <laughs> Yeah, well, the, a couple of the first versions looked far too much like the Mortal Kombat uh, time we saw. Right? We I, think were, I think they were Mortal Kombat. We don't like to say. Yeah, okay. quite possibly. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Literally, yeah, it was bizarre. We looked at it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's changed a little bit. Um, Phil Woodward, who was the first person to um, sort of start it up, has uh, had, had a, a, a few things um, not go quite as they should do from this year. So he's taken a step back and... Um, so there's there's four of us left really. There's a few more people in there. A few of them fell by the wayside for different reasons. Yeah. But there's sort of like the four core members now. That's myself, Chris, Jay, who wanted to be here tonight, um, but he's he works away from home and he's he, he did apologise. And um Chris Travell, who's um who's probably the well, he is the only artist of the group. Um and he's, if you've seen some of his work, he's immensely talented. Yeah. Um I'm gonna be buying some of his original stuff. Well, I have already told him I'm gonna give him some money for it anyway. But he's um he's uh he's the uh the, the strong silent type, so he doesn't tend to do many of these. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic idea to have um people pull together because it is one of those things where you know, the more quiet I say quiet voices, the more quiet voices you've got together, the louder you can become. And I think there's definitely something at the minute with people pulling together to create groups to have a bit more of a presence, but still keep, yeah. you know, your integrity as an artist, as a writer. As, with in, your as individuals, yeah. yeah. That, that's sort of the real core of it, isn't it, Chris? It's, it's that core of yeah. being being individuals, but being able to promote each other and in all the different formats, you know, going to cons together. We've, we've done it, we, you know, we've been on the con circuit for, you know, less than 12 months and some things have worked, some things haven't. We're trying mm -hmm. a few, few different things for next year's con circuit, see, um, if if we can increase sales and increase the brand, um, and it's just it's just so people can recognise you. So if they do see the brand name or hear of us, they go, oh yeah, that's you know it's those guys know what they're doing. Those guys you know producing half decent books, and and yeah, we might actually yeah. buy them often. Yeah, we uh, we did our first con on October the first. It was, oh, a, a, little, good, it was a little uh, one called Lincoln in Lincoln. Uh, it was it was just an idea to to sort of. Test the test the waters, I guess, and find out what find out what we local. didn't know. Yeah, uh, but it was good. It's really good fun. I think we're going to try and do more next year. But you guys mm -hmm. been like like a band on tour. It looks like anyway. Every other day, you see like a new <laughs> new photo or video from a new con. Yeah, yeah. We it's. I think it's 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 going there and enjoying yourself as well because you know we'll we'll be open and honest. You know, some cons we've probably sold as even as a group 
you know, less than 10 books for the, for the whole day. Yeah. But it's the chance to talk, share a few ideas, do a bit of talking to all the other, all the other sort of like um, exhibitors and other creators. And you, you just make more and more links and, and get together. Sometimes you go in after, afterwards and sometimes I'll have a few beers and a few beers with the other creators. And that's where, you know, that's where all the relationships about form really. And, you know, just from things like that, uh, the people who I'm working with currently, you know, I'm working with probably around about nine or 10 different people at the minute and all through just having a good old chat and not just talking comics, just talking bollocks for a few hours and get to know someone to see if they're all right or not. <laughs> I think that's Maybe. the thing as well, going to some of these conventions, you, 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 even if you don't make the sales or, or it's, it's, it's a pretty bad day, some, some of the people you speak to, you know, you get opportunities to arise because of, because of just, 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 just like, like John said, just having a chat and, and sort of getting on with people and, um, and it's opportunities come up and yeah, that's kind of how like, cause Chris and I've got something coming out with uh, comic house, uh in september of, of uh, next year and that all came about because we went to Horrorcon. we went out for a few beers with james um and his and his wife and it, we had a we had a great time and i just sort of said it's all right if i send you something he was like yeah cool do you know what i mean it's that kind of thing it's like even though you perhaps didn't go on particularly well you, you're still you're still having a good time you know yeah i yeah. think I'm, I'm quite looking forward to taking hawk and cleavage to some of the some of the bigger cons i think it was a good um toe in the water although i do feel that we might have to hire some help with me in order to try and talk to more people <laughs> or at least or at least train um matt and ben was all right we'll have to train matt up in, in actually talking to, to people because he was like a, Dan, a frightened Dan, Dan's pretty good at uh i wouldn't say you're like a salesman but you're just extremely good at um just talking to people just randomly like drawing them in with your charm i uh <laughs> i have the opposite effect uh, i think i'd stare at people a little too long <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I don't know. And then Matt, Matt, the other guy, uh, Skip, uh, was just every time someone spoke to him, he melted onto the table. It was pretty, pretty cute. Do you <laughs> find that you guys, go on, sorry. You're the guy that you bring them to the table. I'm the one that just stares at them kind of really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I think your first instinct is to stare because there are a lot of strange looking people yeah. and you've got to you've got to override that guy right now everybody's brilliant they're all here they all want to you know they all want to buy comics or they all want to do whatever and you just you just got to try and chat to them and half the time i don't talk about comics it's it's just nice to have a little bit of a chat you know if they're wearing cosplay have a little bit of a chat with them with that um if they don't want to talk at all, you know straight away that you just need to shut down and say, right, well, have a look at the comic and let me know it's, if you want it's to the, It's it. the whole, like, there's, like, a whole conversation happening, like, without words. Well, like, they're yeah. coming to the table, you're, you're thinking, <laughs> yeah. look, I'm not going to press you into buying anything. You don't have to. Feel free to just look. And then they might look at you and I'm trying to look at them and not make them feel awkward. It's oh, the whole, yeah. that, the whole that's thing. That's your moment. The minute that eye contact happens, that's when you kind of sweep through and just, yeah. you know, arm around them like you want to buy a downhill. <laughs> like. <laughs> it was something we were talking about the weekend, actually, because there, there, there were four of us behind. We had two tables, so we had, you know, pretty pretty big space. Um, and it wasn't until the Sunday. It was fairly quiet. And I thought, right, I'm just going to have a quick walk past and see what it looks like as a punter to what we're doing. And obviously, I wasn't there. But I said to the guys after I said, do you think it's quite intimidating having four? And we're all reasonably big blokes. I'm a big twat. And how tall are you, Chris? You're, you're quite tall, aren't you? And Jay's tall. Yeah, yeah. Chris Travell's a big old boy as well. And I was thinking, if we all stood behind the table looking at someone, we're going to scare a lot of these people away, You know, especially some of the comic crowd. Yeah. Um, you, know, the, you know, there's quite a few anxiety issues and people yeah. have that, you know, as creators and as, as punters. And you're just going to, we're, we're going to scare people off. So, um, we're going to like change a few tactics and, you know, maybe dig a pit in the floor or something like that at all. Or, 
I do think you walked past at the wrong time. I think everyone was standing up at the time and everyone had their arms folded and we all looked like we were going to kill somebody. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I I know what you mean. Body language is sort of a thousand percent of it. I mean, I spent um, most of sort of my years from when I was 18 working behind a table and helping bring people over to talk for various different reasons. And one of the rules straight away for that, the companies I worked for are two people behind the table because otherwise it can be quite intimidating. But if you do have more, you can always have that third person around the front pretending to talk. And then immediately it makes it look like you're busier. It makes it less yeah. intimidating. And yeah, it's just, it's all in the body language. But I mean, if you found um, that your approach to Comic-Cons has sort of changed over the years, I mean, did you ever go to Comic-Cons before you, you know, started pushing your comics? Me personally, no. I, my, my, my first proper comic con wasn't until uh it was last start of last year i went to birmingham embassy i live near birmingham and um as you could probably tell with my awful accent but uh uh yeah the first one i went with a friend and it was to do some research for you know going to a, a comic convention with brethren born and um that huge mcm's totally different to like some of the really small ones that have been going on for years i don't know whether chris has or not but um having been on a few different ones now you can definitely see the a massive difference in between some of these cons good things and bad things either, either way mm. but um yeah my 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 mind's changed quite a bit since that very first con thinking this is it this is the this is what i want you know that big mcm this is where it's all at and to yeah. go a little bit the other way now actually no this probably isn't what i want um they're there because they get the punters but it's the smaller comic concentric places that are going to sell lots of comics it's all about comics rather than funko pops and all the other shite yeah <laughs> i think even within the last couple of years that's kind of exploded like you've got this sort of again like john's saying you've got this situation where um the conventions are kind of there's one every two three every weekend you know what i mean and they kind of it, there's this oversaturation of conventions that sort of it's not it's not doing anyone any favors um and even i mean i've i've I think I've been going, I can't remember when we, we, we went 2014, we went to Thought Bubble. That was the first convention we ever did. Um, as, as Red, me and Chris were, were, were Redshift Press at that point. And, um, yeah, the, 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 there's a note, even within the, the space of perhaps a year, um, it, 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 there's been a sort of a note, it seems to be a noticeable increase in that. I don't know whether that's because people are starting to talk about it more or whether it's just, it just is, I don't know, but it's, um, it's a weird one. Uh, so yeah, I know, I know, sorry. It's all right. I've got a, a follow-up question. So, <laughs> I, know, I was just going to say, I know for Lincoln that it's the case of it attracts a lot more locals. There are a lot of people nearby that love the sort of smaller cons here because they can't quite make it to the bigger MCMs, yeah. the bigger, the big ones in London and the bigger cities. So, yeah, we, we didn't even have any comics, and we managed to sell. We sold quite a few books. Yeah, yeah I was quite. Right, I, was, yeah. I, was, I was prepared not to sell any, but yeah. and we were one of the only sort of press Creators. Published- Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you you guys, uh, I just saw some news. You you're doing a panel or uh, for, for True Believers? Uh, can't, is that next year or what's happening there? Is this one of those things where your relationships from going to the previous cons has sort of come out for you on the other end? Yeah, I think so. We've um, me and Chris uh, were both at this year's True Believers in February, and we um, we I asked Stuart, Stuart Moraine who, uh, who runs True Believers. I sent him a little uh, message a couple of weeks before saying there's only chance um, me and Chris could be con neighbours because mm. obviously we, the C2I thing was nearly up and running. Uh, and he said, yeah, and we, we, we were there together. Um, and we've just sort of built up a little bit of a relationship with Stu, really. And uh, we went to, um, was it is it called Mallcon, Chris? Mallcon, yeah, yeah. It was the um, Gloucester, wasn't it? The shopping centre. Yeah, yeah, just a day in a shopping centre. It was a free event. 
Um, there's only about 15 uh, crater stands there. It was free up in the up in the town centre, and it was a very funny day. There was, That's brilliant. We we sold a, we sold more comics than we thought we were going to sell, but it was very funny. We we got accosted by um uh, I don't know a, a religious fanatic. I could probably put it that's probably the best way of putting. She was pretty, a de much, dear old yeah. yeah dear old lady who walked past us the once called us weird. We think ah oh, no, fair enough that's that's cool. <laughs> she's she's all right. She'll be fine. And then she came past and then um started uh, quoting scripture to us and said we're we're, all, we're going to hell. And Chris Chris looked petrified. I was trying not to laugh. Um, it was it was quite a surreal five minutes, wasn't it, mate? It, it, it was just the opening line of sort of what 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 is this? What is this? And we kind of like, <laughs> I, I said I think I looked at you and I'm like oh shit, you know this is this is going to get real, you know. Um, what, was she and, just very in character in a cosplay? Uh, mate, if she was, that was amazing. Was <laughs> it you? Like, was it you? No. <laughs> well, I don't want to say anything, but did you not notice the, the cheers? <laughs> Well, you know, old ladies, they can have a bit of fashion, you know, can't they? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we're, we're doing this panel. Yeah, so um, Stu, Stu asked me about two, three months back saying, would we be up for it? And we're like, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the other lads would be up for it too. So uh, it's going to be me, uh, Chris and Jay. And he's talking about, um, I think it's like just a small press, you know, creators, how to break in and uh, not breaking because that's, you know, that's not the done the done phrase at the moment. It's how to break into comics, darling, and all that. Um but yeah, it's good. It's, I think it'd be really interesting. Ollie Mc, uh, Mc, Nat, I always get his surname. Do you know Ollie Mc, Nat McNamara? I hope he listens to this because he's another. He's another. Well, he's, he's not a brummie. He lives in Birmingham, but uh, he's a he's a great guy. And he's going to be the um, the moderator, oh, okay. if, you, if you want to call it. So, and he's he's full of fun, and he's got he'll have loads of good questions. So, should be a good day. Were you nervous about that? Excited uh, in between? Probably just get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. No, no, it's, it's only at 12 p.m. I've got to drive back, so I'm not going to do that. Um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah, same. Bit, bit, bit nervous, but yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be it's something new, isn't it? It's like it's completely different. So it'll be, be good. It's, it's wonderful to be asked. It's really, 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 you know, very privileged to be, well, to be asked something like that. Definitely. Uh, so we're coming towards the end of the hour. I mean, um, uh, we've got a couple more questions, and then we've got a bit of a quick fire round. If you guys are okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan, have you got any questions you want to ask before we get to that? Um, I think it's kind of covered my points, have you? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to quickly ask, like, if there's any anyone out there on the small press scene in the UK that you guys would recommend listeners sort of checking out and anyone who's sort of been impressing you lately with their work? Uh, Reckless Hero. The, the guys from Reckless Hero, uh, Chris Jenkins, Matt King, and Chris Imber. Does the stuff they're putting out, the stuff they're doing, is is phenomenal. Um, Imber's on the on the cusp of just making it massive with his artwork. I think he's 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 an incredible talent, uh, as are the other guys as well. But yeah, it, it, it's they're ones to watch definitely. Um, for, for me, it's probably just some of the guys that I've, I've been working with. You know, just give them a bit of a name drop. Grant Richards, um, one of the loveliest boats you can meet. If you met him in a dark alley, you'd you, you'd be a bit worried. He's, he's he's taller than me. He's a big old boy, but he is he's such a wonderfully art, uh, talented artist. But you're um, a tall git, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's he's a much taller git than I am. He's massive. Um, he, but he's he's brilliant. He's a lovely bloke, and he's he's done a lot of good work. Uh, Rory Donald, who's Reach Illustration, he's we've we've done a little bit of work recently. We've put a little pitch packet together. Immensely talented. Um, Darren Stevens. Uh, and and the Magis guys as well. Everyone knows about the Magis oh, yeah, guys, yeah. but yeah, 
they're uh, they've got so much stuff going on. And Rob's multi-talented as well. He's a, he's a brilliant letterer as well as a as a writer as well. So those are sort of the people on, on talented on bastard. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I'll uh, I'll try to link to everyone I can in the show notes. Um, okay. I'm sure I can find them all. Okay. So the the, the quick fire rounds. We're basically we've never done this with two people before. I guess <laughs> we'll um we'll we'll throw questions at you. Just both answer as quickly as you can. I guess quickly, please. Does that sound good? <laughs> go for it. Cool. All right, Dan, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Marvel. Gin or tonic? Gin. Gin. <laughs> Big enough answer to this one. Uh, writing or illustrating? Writing. Writing. <laughs> Favourite comic? Ocean by Warren Ellis. Man, that's, that's a doozy. Uh, we'll come back to that. Name three types yeah. of trees. Oak, sycamore, and pine. Should we go for three more? Because it's two people. <laughs> Hold on, those are, those are going to be my three. Willow, <laughs> Willow, conker tree, and <laughs> silver birch. Nice, nice. Uh, Favourite continent. Sorry. Favourite continent. Jesus. X. <laughs> X. Y. Uh, Patreon or Kickstarter? Kickstarter. Yeah, Kickstarter. Patreons for artists. Spirit writer. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ian M. Banks. Oh. Uh, like, like a spirit animal. Oh, gee, uh, uh, Warren Ellis. Nice. Uh, do you sign up? Oh, I'll ask you in a second. One sec. <laughs> um, which celebrity do you want to shake your fist at? Or in? <laughs> Come back to uh, ass. Oh ass. my god! Definitely ass. Kanye Kanye West. Oh, ass mate. him. Yeah, uh, in and it's in uh, it's Kanye <laughs> West again. You know how to answer the in one. Uh, um. Did we get both? Uh, Chris, yeah, Chris. Kanye, uh, Kanye West, yeah. Kanye West as well. okay. okay, cool. Um, what is your battle cry? Am I allowed to swear? Pen, yeah. pen's loft. No. Who? Pen's, <laughs> pen's loft. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go along. Oh, bollocks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, is it all bollocks? Yeah, oh, okay, bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I was just going to say, you, you, I'm a sucker for a good newsletter. Do you sign up for Warren Ellis's uh, weekly orbital operations newsletter? Yes, it's yeah, it's good. It, again, really, it's kind of a mixture of like really informative, but really useful as well. Like really, everything he puts out is great. So yeah, I've uh, I actually emailed him back a few times, and he, he actually replies to his email. So if you, I've asked him a few times about scripts and stuff, and he's been pretty helpful. Oh, cool, that's, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he always seems a bit pissed off about replying, but I still get a reply, so. <laughs> um, That's why I don't email him, I'm scared. No. <laughs> uh, cool, okay, let's come to the end. So uh, we, where should we send some people? Where should we send the people to c2i.com or something? Or where, where are they going? Go on, Chris. Yeah, uh, well, you want to go to uh, close to immortality, uh, dot com. Uh We're on Facebook uh, slash close to immortality. We're on Twitter at c2immortality. Uh, dot com, but you can find me uh, at chrissidewriter.com 
uh, Facebook, Chris Sideswriter, and uh, Twitter is at Sidesy1982. Um, and you can obviously follow me at CTI as well on all those, and I'm at level8comics.com, and on Twitter is at level8comics. Cool. Dan, where are we sending people to this week? Uh, slash the birdcage. Okay, I'll cool. say no more. Nice. Uh, okay, let's wrap up, and I'm going to start the recording now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.